This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon and welcome to Enterprise Biz Bytes. It's me, Rich Bradbury. Okay, uh, let's get started. The small and medium enterprises, SME landscape in Malaysia, has seen significant changes in the last 20 to 50 years. And during this period, several economic, social and Technological developments have influenced the growth and the evolution of SMEs in this country. This year, as Malaysia celebrates her 66th year of independence, we'll focus our discussion on the integration of environmental, social and governance, ESG practices, for SMEs and how it will affect or benefit those uh, businesses and this nation. To share with us what the future holds in the realms of ESG for SMEs is Dr. Matthew Wong, the Managing Director of CarbonWorks and co-founder of CarbonGPT. CarbonWorks is a company dedicated to pioneering a scientific approach to ESG. It specializes in developing comprehensive educational materials and training resources tailored for businesses aiming to navigate the ESG landscape proficiently. It can be quite tough sometimes, a significant facet of its expertise lies in recognizing carbon as an emerging asset class within the ESG arena, ensuring businesses harness its potential to pave the way for a sustainable future. Carbon GPT, meanwhile, is likened to an AI-powered chief sustainability officer. This advanced AI is designed to be your right hand in sustainability endeavors. From crafting comprehensive sustainability reports to precise carbon accounting, Carbon GPT delves deep to provide actionable insights tailored for business, especially in fulfilling sustainability requirements. And if you have any thoughts, you can get us on our U-Mobile WhatsApp number. It is 018-789-8899, or you can get us via X. We are at BFM Radio. Obviously, I want to welcome to the show Dr. Matthew Wong, the Managing Director of Carbon Works and co-founder of Carbon GPT. Matthew, hello. How are you? Hey, Richard, thank you so much for having me here. I'm doing fine over here. My pleasure. Thank you very much for taking the time out and joining us today. Let's start um, with, with something fairly easy then and fairly broad. For a start, how has the ESG landscape in Malaysia evolved and how do you think SMEs here are adopting to ESG practices? I think for starters, SMEs in Malaysia are increasingly recognizing the importance of ESG practices. While uh, larger operations have been at the forefront of ESG integrations, SMEs currently are just catching up. Understanding the sustainable practices contribute not just to the global goods, but also their bottom line. Yeah. And what do you think is the significance of ESG in the context of business practices? And how are ESG factors relevant um, to the sustainable growth of SMEs in Malaysia? So ESG is not just a trend, but really a fundamental shift in how businesses should operate. For SMEs, it mm. really means resilience, future-proofing their current operations and tapping into a growing market of conscious consumers. We are talking about behavioral yeah. change in our younger generations. And in the yeah. Malaysian context, with our rich biodiversity and cultural diversity, ESG practices can be a unique selling point. We really have to leverage on our natural and human assets responsibly for improving our competitive advantage. Mm. 
And just to kind of spin off from that, would you would you say that people of of a younger generation are are, are more aware and, and are more firm in their commitment to ESGs than perhaps somebody who's a little bit older are? Yes, I I, I believe so because when it comes to the younger generation, younger generation, I feel that they are more conscious and aware about what they believe and what they, their purpose and mission are. And they are able to integrate and connect these thoughts with EHU uh, more relatably. For example, if you mm. care about climate change, you would naturally talk about environment in the E as uh, E part of the ESU. And if you care about social causes and really creating impact, you will, you will dive into the social part of the ESG. And hence, I right. believe that, you know, the younger generations, they definitely plays a huge role in this. Okay. What do you think that are the, the, the key kind of ESG challenges facing SMEs currently? And what's some, what are some of the practical steps maybe that SMEs can take to incorporate these practices into their operations? Okay. I think you brought up a very good point over here, Richard. So to me, as a person who has been working in the sustainability ecosystem throughout, I think ESG currently as it is, is too prohibitive. What do I mean by that? Um, prohibitive, prohibitive in the terms of knowledge barrier and also uh, resources. It is too difficult when it comes to the barrier of entry to get into ESG. And sometimes SMEs thinks that it costs, hence it is prohibitive. But right. there are six uh, steps that SMEs can try to overcome these challenges. So first of all, always learn about sustainability and understand how it impacts your business. Second of all, assess your sustainability performances. Then identify and engage with your stakeholder, meaning your investors, your customers, even your employees. Then we mm. talk about actionable insights, actionable, actionable um, things like making a sustainability commitment, you know, setting a target for yourself and measure your progress along the way. Finally, mm -hmm. report and communicate with your stakeholder. Okay, so these are all good things for, for, for me and you to be talking about and saying, oh, you should be doing this and you should be doing that. Do you have any examples of, of uh, you know, SMEs that have effectively integrated these principles into their business models? Any you can talk about? Certainly, um, there are really numerous SMEs in the sectors ranging from agriculture and manufacturing that have been adopting ESG practices. For instance, um, you have people like uh, BGBG, where they have been championing social causes. You have Picha is revolutionizing yeah. uh, social and food industry. Um, Oslico really creating social entrepreneurship impact in the Asli community and, you know, people like Check that are bringing and raising the awareness for coral restorations. These are fine examples of Malaysian entities that are pushing the boundaries and envelope of ESNG. Mm -hmm. a, minute, a minute ago, you, you talked about it being prohibitive. Um, how do you think these SMEs in Malaysia can balance the goals that you know they have in mind without putting a strain on things like their, their finances and without their human resources? Because it can be difficult for them, I'd imagine. It is. It is uh, definitely. Thank you for the question, Richard. I think you brought up a very important point. I, I personally think it's about smart integration. 
SME can really mm. prioritize their ESG goals that align with their business model, really, because there's really so much to cover in ESG and um, leveraging on government grants or incentives aimed at promoting sustainable practices. I yeah. think that is a sort of fine example. Collaborating with NGOs or institutions that can offer trainings and resources on sustainability. And finally, I think aligning your company's ambition with global goals such as the Sustainable Development Goals SDG developed by the United Nations. That's also a good way of approaching it. Let's just go back to the, some of those uh, incentives or, or support programs then, uh, particularly here in Malaysia. Um, off the top of your head, what are these incentives and these support programs that we could talk about? So, yes, particularly for the uh, Malaysian government, um, we do have quite a number of ministries and agencies pushing for the ESG agenda. If you look at, um, we have the Ministry of Trade, uh, basically leaded by Tengku Zafru. And he recently has announced mm. a national agenda framework on ESG, a national level ESG framework for SMEs to be launched by end of this year, which when it is materialized, I believe that it will push and align more of these SMEs to adopt and incorporate ESG into their businesses because it's natural uh, for business motivations. Um, secondly, mm. when it comes to incentive, uh, our agencies such as SEDA has also pushed out um, incentive to incorporate renewable energies for SMEs and corporations to adopt a zero KPEX um, scheme to help them um, incorporate more of sustainable energy approaches in their business strategy. Yeah, to it, and all these incentives are aimed to reduce the initial costs associated with integrating ESG into their operations. Right. Now, just before we head into a break, I've got one question for you before we jump in. Um, if we look at how things have been over the last few years here in Malaysia, we, we've had floods, we've had landslides, we've had haze, um, all of these issues, you know, environmental challenges that Malaysia's had. How do you think SMEs, um, I guess, can help uh, to uh, to help address some of these issues? What can they do like on the ground, apart from like changing little things? What else is available for them? And it's an interesting topic because many people, you know, including SMEs, they don't consider physical risks when it comes to ESG, which is a very yeah. big problem. So when we talk about climate change, when we talk about ESG, the ultimate goal is to really, really contribute to the bigger picture. You know, how are we able to uh, make us make an impact in changing all this uh, physical risk? So as a, as mm. a fine example, two years ago, we had a terrible flood and it hit us so hard yeah. and so fast that we did not have the capacity to react to the disaster. And it really um, severely damaged our economy and infrastructures. So I think this is what ESG is all about, right? Creating an economy that is more resilient and creating a society that is fairer. So actionable, uh, actionable targets and actionable things that SMEs can contribute is really having that mindset, having that behavioral shift of um, aligning certain code of conduct within their companies 
and ensuring transparency in their financial reporting, things like that can also mitigate and prevent uh, such risk and really engaging with your stakeholders regularly about what you care about within the ESG scope and adopting mm. ethical sourcing and businesses business practices. I personally think that also can contribute fair to a fair amount to um, our global targets. So things like transparency is incredibly important, important because then, you know, you can be held accountable as a company by the general public, correct? Correct. Um, especially uh, with the corporations, this has been a debate, debating topic uh, across the, especially listed companies, because they now have compliance to and guidelines to follow um, with transparency and accountability, which mm. most of them think is very unfair to be taking account taking in account accountability and responsibilities for things they do not emit for their emit for example their emissions. Um, and unfortunately, mm. in my opinion, when it's unfair for everybody, it becomes fair. And we have to start to think that we live in a bit bigger society where we have to start thinking more of a collective mindset. And SME is just part of it. It's me because yeah. everyone is part of the supply chain and everyone has to play our role in transport, uh, transparency, transparent reporting to ensure that we can systematically uh, generate impact in the environmental, in the social and governance costs. Right. I, I like that phrase. Where it, it, if it's uh, uncomfortable for everybody, then it's, uh, you know, yeah, unfair for everybody, then it becomes fair. I really like that. Okay, it's time for us to take a short break. Uh, folks, I'm speaking with Dr. Matthew Wong. He is uh, the Managing Director of Carbon Works and co-founder of Carbon GPT. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, I have some more questions for him, of course. Uh, but do stay tuned here to Enterprise Biz Bites here on BFM 89.9. We are discussing about ESGs uh, for SMEs. Don't go anywhere. BFM 89.9. Bole for Malaysia. Ha. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Enterprise Biz Bites. I'm Rich Bradbury. We're discussing ESGs for SMEs. Uh, it rolls just off the tongue, of course, uh, small and medium enterprises. And the landscape in Malaysia has been has seen significant changes in the last 20 to 50 years. Uh, we're talking about some of that, but we are, of course, focusing on the discussion on the integration of environmental, social uh, and governance practices for SMEs and how it will affect or benefit these businesses. And of course, in the bigger picture, how it will affect Malaysia. Just before the break, Matthew, we were talking about the environmental challenges that Malaysia has been facing and how SMEs you know, can contribute to uh, addressing these issues. Let's look at something else, the, the idea of social inclusivity and, and diversity. You know, what roles do... SMEs play in addressing things like social issues like uh, income inequality, job creation in Malaysia. You know, SMEs tend to be like that that baseline when people come in and they start an SME and they work their way through the SMEs, perhaps into something else. Talk to me a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. So when we talk about social inclusivity and diversity, um, a lot of the actions are actually very natural and we've already been practicing, it's just that we did not connect them to ESNG. So for example, SMEs can adopt inclusive hiring practices, really offer equal opportunities, regardless of 
gender, ethnicity, or even background. Uh, I think one major issue that we usually see in Malaysia hiring pipeline is that, you know, there's this preferably uh, Chinese-speaking mentality. I, I don't know. And, and for example, um, we can also engage with local communities for talent sourcing and partnerships to ensure that we are championing inclusivity within the community that we care about. Yeah, that's how I think um, social inclusive, right. inclusivity and diversity can be improved. Mm-hmm. And what government practice, governance rather practices should SMEs adopt to enhance things like transparency, accountability, ethical conduct? So when it comes to governance practices, for example, you have got to ask yourself, you know, is um, gentle diversity important for your board? Is sustainability and environmental issues important for your board? And be objectively sit down with your board of directors and uh, have it written down in black and white for your policies and ensure that are you able to meet your target, you know, within the range of use that you conduct your businesses mm. and making sure that all these policies are clear when it comes to the code of conduct and convey it with your stakeholder and ensure that all these pieces, bits and pieces are accountable. And finally, um, engage with your stakeholder regularly so that, you know, you are, we are monitoring and ensuring that we are on track to our targets. Mm. And when it comes to ethical sourcing and businesses, business practices, I think it's uh, very important that we always have that in mind that we are not just working for our shareholders, but also our stakeholder, meaning that people, for example, like your employees, your clients, your customers, the people who you affect within your business circle, are equally addressed. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we've mentioned it before, you know, accountability, stakeholders, um, and we we talk about these SMEs that, you know, are are trying to do one thing and and move along. Um, When it comes to things like, you know, measurements and reporting, are there like guidelines or rather uh, frameworks already in existence that uh, SMEs can use to kind of benchmark their efforts? So very good question, Richard. So that is why I mentioned that ESG can sometimes be prohibitive because of all these 100 to 200 pages long guidelines and standards. So let's take a step back, right? Um, When we Mm. talk about ESG, a lot of the time, the things that we can immediately do without exhausting a lot of our resources is the SDG which is what we call a global goals. It's not ESG per se, but it's a, it's, it's a global goals where we can connect a lot of our business activities with. And if you want to take a step further uh, beyond the 17 sustainability development goals, we can talk about things, uh, rec- recognized frameworks like the Global Reporting Initiative, GRI, or even uh, leveraging on the Bursa Malaysia's Sustainability Reporting Guide, which is out there for free. And ensuring... Instead, and also beyond that, we have to ensure that uh, these reports are regularly audited and stakeholders are regularly engaged to ensure that they provide insights um, into enhancing our ESG performances. Mm. So um, earlier we were talking about uh, government incentives and support programs by you know the Malaysian government. Um, do they play any part in encouraging ESG adoption for SMEs? And are there any 
legal or regulatory requirements that Malaysian SMEs need to adhere to in terms of ESG reporting yet? So, um, thank you for the questions, Richard. Currently, there are no legal or regulatory requirements for Malaysian SMEs to adhere to in terms of ESG reporting. However, there are a number of voluntary frameworks and guidelines that SME can follow. Um, these, are, these include the Malaysian Code of Corporate Co Co Governance 2021, which really encourages all companies, including SMEs, to disclose material ESG information in their annual report. Uh, I see. I would say, I would say that the more powerful one will be the recent uh, compliance guideline released by Bursa uh, for the listed companies, because again, every SMEs are part of a supply chain, meaning that they would be doing business with this listed code, which in hand, they have to adhere to these guidelines to disclose this material. Yeah. So nothing, um, no legal requirements yet? For SMEs, yes, no legal requirements yet. However, this could be a double-edged sword if we were to impose something um, mandatory for the SMEs, because then again, uh, we are talking about how long is the transitional period for that to yeah. adopt and adapt. You can't, yeah. you can't be uh, immediate shock because, again, many of them are uh, still finding their footway in terms of stabilizing their business yeah. operations and they do not have the capacity yeah. to support this idea yet. Mm -hmm. We can't destroy them before they've even started, I, I guess. Okay, um, I've got a couple of uh, final questions for you then. Um, when we look at uh, potential... This is kind of short term, I, I guess, uh, five, 10 years time. Anticipated trends, I guess, for ESG practices. Um, how might things like um, AI, which we're hearing a lot about recently, uh, and some of the more advancements, uh, advances in tech over the last couple of years influence this integration of ESG practices amongst SMEs? What do you see changing over the next just few years time? So you raised a very good point and um, question over here. So ESG is very different from tra the traditional ways of us practicing sustainability because it's a very objective way of measuring our performances, non-financial metrics. And a lot of these metrics are qualitative and quantitative by nature. And when we are able to leverage on technology and AI, we really can streamline that ESG data collection the analysis and the reporting part. It can also offer predictive insights, helping SMEs understand their potential future risks and opportunities, thus enabling a more informed decision-making. And it allows us and free up resources and time for us to do things that really matters in sustainability, right? All these compliance and objective material things we can really offset and use technology to cover the grounds. Yeah. So you, we essentially we can get our hands dirty, so to speak, and let the AI do the the kind of dirty work. If it yeah, okay. Now, um, obviously, one of the things we want to speak about is, and, and our theme, I guess, for BFM this year is to looking at what the the future of Malaysia is, or the future Malaysia. So we've spoken, you know, briefly there about five, ten years time. If I'm going to ask you to kind of stretch your brain a little bit, and perhaps in a hundred years' time, um, what would be different? Do you see about 
ESG practices in a hundred years time? I know that sounds a very, very broad question, but what would you predict far forward? This is exactly what sustainability is about. It's about the future. Sustainability is no longer about doing less harm. It's about doing more good. Mm. And in the century, I envision ESG not as a separate consideration, but uh, integrated into the very fabric of all business operations. Second nature, you know, we have to be conscious and aware about what we are practicing. Businesses won't be lauded for adopting ESG practices. Rather, it'll be the norm in Malaysia with our rich natural and cultural heritage. We have the potential to be at the forefront of this transformation, setting the benchmark for sustainable business practices globally. And we have to remember, we do not inherit the earth from our ancestors. We really just borrow it from our children. And we won't have a society if we destroy the environment. Yeah. Wow. Strong words there, Matthew. Thank you very much for that. Good way to wrap up, though. It's uh, important for people to hear stuff like this, I think. Okay. uh, I think that's all I have time for, uh, Matthew. Thank you very much. So, folks, I've been speaking with Dr. Matthew Wong, the Managing Director of Carbon Works and co-founder of Carbon GPT. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website, or anywhere else that you normally listen to it, I recommend the BFM app, which is available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. Just search for Enterprise BizBytes. Um, we've got a breakfast grill coming up just after the one o'clock news. And of course, we'll be back on Monday here on Enterprise for Enterprise BizBytes here on BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.